Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name's Ren, and my best friend Drac is a vampire. Oh, but before you freak out, let me explain. Drac isn't like other vampires. He doesn't thirst for blood. He thirsts for knowledge. Each week, we hop into the coffin of curiosity for a spectacular adventure to learn about everything and anything, from how the sun works to why we burp. We have lots of fun, so join us. I promise that the only thing Drac will drink up is information, okay? Worst case scenario, he squirts you with some sunscreen. Search for Drac on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for the ride of your life. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This electrifying tale, Story Club members, might make you not want to play with monsters. It's one I call, She's Alive! Alive! The monster opened its eyes for the first time. She turned to me. She was alive. Alive! Then she rose, snapping the metal bindings that held her down. She climbed off the operating table and then charged at me. How did it come to this? Where did I go wrong? Three weeks ago, I was just your average girl, Elsa Franks, in school. At age 11, I was at the top of my class, especially in the sciences. My surname is Franks, but I'm told it used to be Frankenstein. My grandfather, Victor Frankenstein, was a brilliant scientist. He figured out how to give life to lifelessness. He stitched together a man from the body parts of corpses and reanimated him through the use of chemicals and electricity. However, my grandfather realized the error of what he had done and banished the monster from his life. Frankenstein's monster, in turn, ended up destroying his creator and was never seen or heard from again. Accounts believe that the monster ended up somewhere alone in the North Pole. This happened in 1814. My mother received a letter that the Frankenstein estate, which was bound up in legal courts, was finally settled. She owned it now. Wanting to make a better life for me, she moved us to the old Frankenstein Manor, which is located in beautiful Geneva, Switzerland. Though there was a housekeeper, Mrs. Mary Klein, the old dark mansion had fallen into a ghastly state from years and years of weather and neglect. Mother decided to sell the place once we arrived. There were too many memories in the house for her, painful ones of her childhood, and her father's neglect when he spent most of his time in his laboratory. Oh, the lab. I'd only heard rumors and stories of my grandfather's work, and I had to see it for myself. But there was no lab that I could find. Not until I learned from the housekeeper that the door leading to it was hidden behind a revolving bookcase. The lab had been transformed into an old wine cellar. Most of it was dusty vials on the table. There was still the operating table where he'd brought the monster to life. Then I discovered something interesting. A hidden door. A mouse had emerged from behind the stone wall and then, seeing me, disappeared back behind it. With my lantern, I discovered a small wooden door. It had a large lock on it, but after sticking a screwdriver in the lock, I managed to pick it. The dusty lock opened. In the room, I made the discovery. A woman. She was in a coffin made of glass. No, not a coffin, it was a container. It was filled with some kind of translucent fluid. 
My grandfather must have been working on two monsters. This one must have been a mate for his creation. All of his notebooks, I was told, were confiscated by the authorities and destroyed. Peering through the dusty glass, I could see that the female monster was stitched together like a ragdoll, obviously from various parts of the dead. She appeared like she was sleeping, but there was no way she was alive in that vat of fluid. The second discovery I made was another journal. It was hidden in a drawer in the secret room. It was a second journal that my grandfather kept only about this creation. He had detailed plans about how to bring her to life. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I had to see what would happen. A few days later, a violent lightning storm was coming. I took the body out of the fluid and placed her on the operating table in the main laboratory. She was heavy, but I managed to wheel her in a wheelbarrow. I hooked her up to the electrodes and waited. It was in the middle of the night. Mrs. Klein and my mother were asleep. The lightning struck the rod on the roof, which I had found and re-erected up there. Blue electricity pulsated through the woman on the table. Nothing happened at first, and then she awoke and rose, wearing some old clothes I'd found in a closet. She leapt off the table and came at me, knocking me down. She wanted out. I couldn't stop her as she was too strong. She crashed through the bookshelf, through the house, and out the front door. The house was awake now. I couldn't stop the monster. The last thing that she said to me before she vanished into the rainy, windswept countryside is, I live. I really have some explaining to do now that my mom and the housekeeper were rushing down the stairs. Lots of explaining. Well, that was a rather electrifying story. But hey, kudos to Elsa Frankenstein for figuring out how to make a long dead monster live. When I was her age, I couldn't even figure out the microwave to cook a frozen bean and cheese burrito. I do wonder what's going to become of the lady monster though. Will she terrorize the local village, hide from humanity, or go and find her monster mate, wherever he is? It seems like a pretty monstrous problem. <laughs> But you know what's not a monstrous problem? Feeding your imagination. Did you know there are a whole bunch of Go Kid Go shows? Of course, there's the R.L. Stein Story Club, and you are a member. But there's also Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from villainous Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat Capel. And don't forget the wild and wacky fizzies of Floosville, Atlas and Xavier the underwater explorers and whale of a tale, and Birdie the conductor of Story Train. There is constant fun on the Go Kid Go network. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, Floosville, Whale of a Tale, and Story Train wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find your way to a great time. And I better see you back here tomorrow for another episode with me, because every R.L. Stein Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out! Go kid, go! Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.